Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good evening, I'm Howie Silberger. Welcome to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You could get in on the conversation by uh, simply calling the 800 number, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 We'll get you in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. We are back. We are live. And uh, and I'm happy to be here. The, uh, the idea is that we are going to be on every night of the week. Uh, that's the plan. Now, what really happens might be something else, but that is the plan. The plan is to be on every night of the week and to uh, to talk to you about stuff that's important. Important to me, important to you, important to everybody uh, every single night of the week. Uh, and uh, as always, as always, I try to keep the lines open. Um, uh, when they work, I try to keep them open. Uh, the reason for that is if you don't like something I'm saying, if you don't agree with something I'm saying, you can always feel free to call in and argue with me. If you do agree with something I'm saying, you can call in and agree with me. Either way, you could feel free to call in. one 669 1292 is the number to call. So Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the Palestinian Authority, is now on the 14th year of his four-year year mandate. So he was elected for a four-year term. He's now on year 14th. 14, I'm, I'm pretty sure that... Um, Year 14 will be very successful for him. Uh, I have to remind you that uh, Dr. Abbas got his PhD putting together, he put together a doctorate thesis denying the Holocaust. His thesis claimed that the Holocaust never happened. He is a Holocaust denier, a Jew-hating Holocaust denier, and he is the chosen peace partner for the state of Israel for whatever reason. Uh, I, I don't understand why, but that's that's what this that's what the uh, that's that's what the Israeli government decided that they wanted as a peace partner. In fact, they they pulled Yasser Arafat, a Jew murderer, out of oblivion, out of total irrelevance, in order for him to be their peace partner because they couldn't deal with Hamas. But here we are, Mahmoud Abbas, the dictator of the Palestinian Authority, a man who is there on his fourteenth year of a four-year mandate spoke to the United Nations today. Now, you figure that a guy who's running an organization that has been trying to, to, to destroy Israel, trying to get Israel out of the Middle East since 1965, it's a long time, would finally, uh, finally say, all right, you know what, Israel's here to stay, let's try to figure out how we're going to, uh, how we're going to live and survive with it, let's get what we can get. It's not really the way the UN works. That's not really the way the uh, the Palestinian Authority works. It's not really the way the UN works. So Mahmoud Abbas, the Holocaust denying dictator at the Palestinian Authority, told the UN that there is no proof of Jewish ties to the area of the Alaska uh, As- Mosque in Jerusalem. So the Alaska Mosque is is on the uh, Temple Mount. It's where the Jewish Har Habayt, it's on the Jewish uh, temple, it's where the Jewish temple stood. He said there's no ties, there's no proof 
of Jewish ties to the area of the Aska Mosque compound in Jerusalem. He said that uh, the Judean's holiest site, the Temple Mount, and its adjacent western wall was Muslim and always has been Muslim. They, Israel, dug under the Aska Mosque. They dug everywhere and they could not find anything, Abbas said. He spoke during a special session of the UN Committee on the Exercise of Inalienable Rights of the Palestinian People to mark the 75th anniversary of Nakba Day, which is Arabic for the Catastrophe Day, and the, per- the term Palestinians used to describe the 1948 Israeli War of Independence. The UN also planned to hold a second Nakba Day event on Monday evening, because Israel. <laughs> this, is, this is the most. It's the most ludicrous situation here, because the United Nations has member countries. Israel is a member country of the United Nations. The Palestinian Authority is not a member country of the United Nations. In fact, the United Nations never recognized a country called Palestine, neither did the League of Nations. But they did recognize a country called Israel. Now, the UN, who is now sponsoring anti-Israel propaganda, anti-Israel days, uh, while Israel is still a member, a paying member of the UN, it's just ludicrous, ridiculous, and, and an affront to um, to everything the UN is supposed to stand for. Now, why Israel is still a member of the UN is beyond me, but um, but here we are. Israel is a member of the UN, and the UN's holding an anti-Israel anti-Israel rallies. They're sponsoring anti-Israel rallies. All right. Israel has in the past waged diplomatic battle against Palestinian attempts at the UN to disavow its connection to the Temple Mount, known to Muslims as Al-Haram Al-Ashif, the holiest site in Islam. Well, no, not really. This article is wrong. This is the Jerusalem Post. I expect more from the Jerusalem Post. It is not the holiest site in Islam. It's the third holiest site in Islam. It has also protested UN General Assembly's resolution approved last November to hold Nakba Day events for the first time at the organization's headquarters in New York. In his speech, Abbas emphasized that the ownership of the Al-Burq Wall, which is the Western Wall, the Kotel, and Al-Ram Al-Hashif, the Temple Mount, belongs exclusively and only to the Islamic Waf alone. He said in a 1930 Leagues of Nations report that said that he said affirmed this conclusion. Abbas also repeated the claim which Israel has denied that Palestinians were not given freedom to worship on the Alaska compound. During his speech, Abbas said that the U.S. and the U.K. were responsible for the permanent displacement of what he said were close to a million Palestinians during the 1948 war. These two countries bear political and ethical responsibility directly for the Nakba of the Palestinian people because they took part in rendering our people a victim when they decided to establish and plant another entity, the Jewish people, in our historic homeland, he said. The U.S. and the U.K. did this for their own colonial goals and objectives, Abbas added, saying that Israel would not have continued its hostility and aggression without the support it received from these two countries. He took the U.K. to task for issuing the Balfour Declaration in 1917, which recognized the Jewish right to a homeland in full coordination with the U.S., but did not recognize the self-determination of the Palestinians. These countries wanted to get rid of the Jews and benefit from their presence in Palestine, Abbas said. This was a promise of those who do not own to those who do not deserve. Britain gave Palestine as a gift to Israel. Why Palestine? Give them another island somewhere else. Now, he compared Israel's rendition of its historical narrative to the kind of misinformation disseminated by the Nazi propaganda minister Goebbels, Joseph Goebbels, during World War II. The Israeli designers continue their false claims that Israel made the desert bloom, he said. Palestine was a desert, and they made it blossom, a paradise. But 
they can't but lie. But what can we do? Just lie and lie and lie like gobbles. They lie and lie and lie until people believe. The early Zionists falsely claimed that Palestine was a land without people. But that was never true, Abbas said, adding that the Palestinians were descendants of the biblical Canaanites. This was proven in religious scriptures, including the Torah, he said. But the biggest lie is the claim that Israel is the only democratic state in the Middle East. How can you have an occupation and still call yourself a democracy? It's an oxymoron to do so, Abbas said. He also said that Palestinians were not against Jews. We cannot be against Jews because Judaism is one of the three monotheistic religions. I believe in Judaism, but I'm against those who occupy my land. In his address, Abbas alternatively called for a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict on the pre-1967 lines and says that he was open to holding talks of Israel to achieve that goal. At the same time, he also claimed Palestinian rights to both lands within sovereign Israel as well as the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Abbas called for the right of return for Palestinian refugees to land within the pre-67 lines, a move that Israel has in the past opposed to the grounds that undermines any possibility of a two-state solution. Abbas told the UN it was important that there be a return of refugees to their towns and villages of which they were displaced so that this tragedy does not constitute a scar for humanity. He said the UN should implement the hundreds of resolutions that issued upholding the rights of Palestinians, including Resolutions 181 from 1947, which, he claimed, which said he called for the establishment of an Arabic state for the Palestinian people on 44% of the total area of historic Palestine alongside the state of Israel. This, this speech is actually hilarious. He did not mention that Israel accepted that a resolution, that Israel accepted that resolution and the Arab states rejected it, proceeding to launch an existential war against the, against the new Jewish state, what became known to the Israelis as the War of Independence. Israel should be forced to accept resolutions 181 and 194 in the return of Palestinian refugees or face suspension, Abbas said. We demand today, officially, that UN must insist that Israel respect these resolutions or suspend Israel's membership in the UN, he said. Abbas reiterated his accusation that Israel has committed 50 massacres against the Palestinian people and that during the 1948 war, Israel has demolished 350 villages and displaced thousands of Palestinians. Uh, 957,000, he claims. The UN must recognize Palestine as a member state of the UN and provide that the Palestinians with international protection, he said. This is particularly true given that members of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government, including Finance Minister Betsalo Smolrich and National Security Minister Itmar Ben-Gir, have called for the displacement and expulsion of the Palestinians, Abbas, has said, Abbas said. Okay, so there's so much to unpack here, it's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable that anybody in their right mind could take Mahmoud Abbas, a Holocaust denier, seriously to start with. So let's start at the beginning and work our way through this because this is ridiculously stupid. There is no proof of Jewish ties to the the Alaska Mosque compound in, in Jerusalem, um, which is Judaism's holiest site, or the Temple Mount, or its adjacent Western Wall. They, Israel, dug under Alaska. They dug everywhere, and they could not find anything, Abbas said. They could not find anything. Go to Jerusalem and take the, the, um, the, the Western Wall Tunnels tour. Take the tour. You'll see what they found. All Mahmoud Abbas has to do is walk over to the Western Wall and take the tour as a tourist, and he will see exactly what Israel found. They show it to you. <sighs> what a load of bunk. Now, um, we spoke about the UN actually sponsoring this event, which is ridiculous. 
Uh, the fact that uh, that uh, Mahmoud Abbas says that 1930s League of Nations report said that affirmed a conclusion that the uh, that the Temple Mount belongs to the Palestinians. Um, that's that's almost impossible. Um, but it's funny that he would say that that uh, he would quote a League of Nations resolution and ignore another League of Nations resolution, which said that all the land occupied by the British in the Middle East should be made into a Jewish state. He kind of ignored that League of Nations thing, but, but you know, picked on this one. Uh, during his speech, he says that um, two countries bear ethical responsibility for direct Nakba of the Palestinian people. There was no Nakba, really. Um, colonial goals, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took UK for a task for issuing the Balfour Declaration, which recognized the right of a Jewish homeland in full coordination with the U.S., but did not recognize the self-determination of Palestinians. You know why it didn't recognize the self-determination of Palestinians? Because they didn't exist in 1917. That is the honest truth. They did not exist in 1917. The Palestinians, as a people, and I use people very loosely, came into being in... 1963. What? 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 What do you mean? What do you mean? The Palestinian Liberation Organization was founded to destroy Israel from the inside out. And it was founded in the early 60s, and they hired an Egyptian named Yasser Arafat to run it. And the object of it, which is the exact same objective as the BDS movement, the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanction movement, it's the exact same objective, to destroy Israel from the inside. So um, so the PLO was created to rile up the Arabs that were living within the borders of the state of Israel so that they would attack Israelis internally and then they would attack and then the PLO would attack externally as terrorists. And between the pressure of the external terrorism and the internal terrorism, Israel would collapse. It didn't work. But that was the idea behind it. Now, I love when he says, give them another island somewhere else. Britain gave Palestine as a gift to Israel. Why Palestine? Give them another island somewhere else. Okay, so so now he's saying, I care about my people, but you know, if you want to send them somewhere else to displace somebody else, I'm good with that. <laughs> this is how ridiculous the speech is. Then he compared Israel to the Nazis. Okay, everyone who compares anyone to the Nazis is is, is stupid. Uh, he says that the Israel keeps repeating over and over again these lies and keeps repeating these lies and keeps repeating these lies. It's actually the other way around. Mahmoud Abbas keeps repeating these lies, lies like. The Palestinians were descendants of biblical Canaanites. He says, read the Bible. Well, yeah, it's in the Bible. It's also in the Bible that all the Canaanites were destroyed. That there were no Canaanites left. They were all killed. But the biggest lie is the claim that Israel is the only democratic state in the Middle East. How could you be, have an occupation and still call yourself a democracy? Well, there are plenty of democracies that, that had occupations and still were democracies. He says they're not against the Jews because Judaism is the three monolithic religions. I believe in Judaism, but I'm against those who occupy my land. <laughs> that is probably the funniest thing that Mahmoud Abbas said today. Because we all know that terrorism against Jews around the world, not just Israelis occupying his land, or so he claims, but Jews all over the world have faced terrorism from the Palestinian Authority, from the PLO. They faced terrorism for years and years and years. Tell me, Mahmoud Abbas, if it's only about land, and it's only about people occupying your land, why did the Popular Front for Liberation of Palestine throw Leon Klinghoffer, a disabled Jew, 
after cruise ship Achilles Laurel after they hijacked it. Why did they do that? He wasn't an Israeli, he was an American. Why would you throw an American tourist off a boat? Because you hate people who occupy your land. What do the American tourists have to do with it? Well, why, 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 what did the American tourists have to do with it? It's quite simple. He was Jewish. When, uh, when, when, when the Air France plane was hijacked and diverted to, to Entebbe, Uganda, why did the Palestinians that hijacked the plane check passports and take out everybody with a Jewish-sounding name and segregate them from the rest of the people? and only hold the Jewish-sounding name people hostage. Was it because they were Israelis? No. Some of them had French passports. Some of them had American passports. It was because they were Jewish. And when somebody goes and stabs a Jew or blows up a bus full of Jews in the Holy Land, and they're sent by you, Mahmoud Abbas, you pay for it, you send it, and they go and they blow up a place and they kill a bunch of Jews. How do you determine which of those Jews you killed are occupiers, which of those Jews you killed are visitors, which of those Jews you killed are just Jews who happen to be there? It is ridiculous. Your statements are ridiculous, and anybody who takes you seriously is a moron, an absolute, complete moron. Then you talk about Israel has to accept Resolution 181 from 1947. And this is where you went totally off the deep end, Mr. Abbas. This is where your argument just totally dies. Because the Jewish people accepted Resolution 181 when it was proposed in 1947. That was a partition plan. They accepted it. They wanted it. They, they, they begged the Palestinians, they begged the Arabs at the time. They weren't even called Palestinians because Palestinians didn't exist until the 1960s. They begged the Arabs at the time to accept Resolution 181 and create a two-states there, an Arab state and a Jewish state. They had no problem with that. The Jews had no problem with that. But the Arabs didn't want a Jewish state in the middle of what used to be an Arab caliphate because Islamic land is always Islamic forever and ever and ever and ever. And anybody who ever occupies that land, anybody who ever sets up a government in that land is an infidel. So the Arabs didn't want that. That's why they rejected it. The Jews accepted that resolution. The Arabs rejected it. And now to say the Jews have to accept it now, 75 years later, Mahmoud Abbas, go take a bath. Now, if the United Nations was a, an organization that, that, that had any integrity whatsoever, anything at all, they would not allow this kind of rhetoric to continue. But it's hard for them to stop it when they're actually sponsoring the anti-Israel event. So then one has to ask the question, and this is the, this is the main question, and you can call in if you want to get in on the conversation. Feel free to call in. one 1292 So here's the main question. Israel knows that the United Nations is anti-Israel. There's no question about it. 
Nearly 100% of the resolutions passed at the UN Security Council condemn Israel. Don't condemn anybody else, only Israel. So Israel is quite aware that the United Nations hates Israel. Israel is quite aware that they're not really a welcome member of the United Nations. They're, they're kind of forced to be a member. They're not really a welcome member. And Israel knows that if any of the countries in the United Nations decides that they were going to kill Israel, they were going to attack Israel, there would be no United Nations condemnations. There would be no help from the United Nations. The United Nations wouldn't care le- couldn't care less about Israel's survival. And this has been since the founding of the United Nations in the 1940s. Nothing has changed. The United Nations does not like Israel, does not care about Israel, couldn't care less if Israel exists or doesn't exist, even though it's a member state. And that's the honest truth. And we have to talk truth. We have to talk about honest truth. And that is the honest truth, that the United Nations couldn't give a damn. So when we know that the United Nations doesn't care, and we're aware that this is the situation, and we see that the United Nations is now sponsoring in their headquarters two days, a two-day event which is calls for the destruction of a member state. One has to ask the question, why does the why do democratic countries, why does any country that cares about fairness, that cares about democracy, that cares about about uh, about the world, why do any of these countries still stay members of the UN? Explain this to me because I just don't get it. I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. When you have a, a, an organization that's built on, on trying to make the world a better place, the UN was created so that there would never be a world war again. The UN was created so that countries could get together, they could talk together, and they could figure out how to resolve conflict without going to world war. This is the reason the United Nations exists. And here we have a situation where the organization that is supposed to be stopping war and supposed to be stopping conflict between countries is actually stoking conflict between countries. One has to wonder why does that organization still exist? Why anybody would take it seriously and why anybody, any country, any normal country, any sane country who's constantly attacked at this, at, 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 by this organization Why they would still be members of the United Nations? Now I don't know. Maybe someone could call me one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. If you call me and you could, maybe we could discuss this. Maybe you could figure this out because I don't know. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me. I've been talking about the Arab-Israel conflict for thirty years. And in the 30 years I've been talking about it, it has never made sense. Now, before I started talking about the Arab-Israel conflict, I worked in the Israeli government, and I was in Israel, and I was, I was, I was very well, well, well established and well connected to, to the Israeli government. And even then, it didn't make sense. So perhaps somebody could explain this to me, because I don't know. If you want, you call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. You could uh, message if you're watching on Facebook or on uh, on YouTube, on uh, Twitter, on uh, on uh, I don't know wherever else we're broadcasting. We're broadcasting on about fifteen different places. If you're watching on any of these places, if you type into the chat, uh, it, it pops up on my screen, so I see the chat. 
So if you type into the chat, I'll see your comments. So if you want to comment on this, you can feel free to do it that way. Although I prefer if you called in, since it's a call-in show, it would be nice for you to call in and we could talk on the phone. That would be even that would be even nicer. It's more fun that way. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Now, now we keep talking about hardline. We keep talking about hardline Israeli governments that come in. Everyone's saying, "Oh no, oh no!" It's a right wing government, a right wing government in Israel. Oh no, run for the hills! This right wing government's going to destroy everything we know. Run for the hills! Run, run, run! But nobody in this right wing government, nobody in this government at all, has suggested the withdrawal of Israel from the United Nations. Now, Israel if it had any integrity whatsoever as a country, which at the moment it doesn't, should not stand idly by while the United Nations calls for its destruction. Should not stand idly by and accept the fact that the United Nations is sponsoring uh, the Nakba Day, two days of Israel hate. Should not stand by and allow this to happen. A normal government is there to protect their citizenship. A normal government is there to make sure that their citizens are safe and secure in their country. That is the idea, that is the, that is the concept of a normal government. The Israeli government's not normal. There's something seriously wrong with this government. They are not protecting their citizenship. They are not doing what they are mandated to do. They are not doing what they were elected to do. And it's time to be held accountable. You have to hold the government accountable. Now, I think that, I personally think that Bibi Netanyahu's expiry date has passed a long, long time ago. I personally think that, that when you're in power for so many years, as many years as he's been in power, you cease to be an elected official, you cease to be an elected prime minister, and you turn into a dictator. And I think that's what's happening in Israel. And I think that's why Israel that's why Israel's not doing what it has to do to protect itself. If this was actually a right wing government, if this government actually believed in the tenets of of the right wing in, in the context of Israel, then this government would be doing a lot more to protect their citizenship. They'd be doing a lot more to stop this kind of rhetoric at the at the UN. They'd be doing a lot more to quash the lies that the Palestinian Authority keeps throwing out and keeps throwing and keeps throwing out. So what's going to happen next? Bibi Netanyahu is going to get up and he's going to say everything Mahmoud Abbas said was a lie. Half the world is going to walk out of the room and he's going to talk to a mostly empty room and he's going to keep talking and talking and talking and saying that it's all lies and nobody's going to be there to listen. It's time for Bibi to go. I said this before the election. I said it after the election. It's time for Bibi to go. Unfortunately, there's not much there uh, to replace him. There's not much in politicians to replace him. If you look around the world, most countries don't have any decent politicians. There's a reason for that, too. The reason that decent people don't get into politics is quite simple. Nobody wants their name run through the mud. It's as simple as that. Nobody wants their name run through the mud. And if you put your name up for, um, if you put your name up for, for, for public office... Then the media, the public, everybody's going to run your name, your family, your wife, your children. Everything is going to be run into the mud. And nobody wants that to happen to them or their families. So decent people, people who have nothing to hide, people who don't really have much to, to in skeletons in their closets. I mean, everybody has a little bit, but not people don't have much, many skeletons in their closets. Those people do not run for politics 
because they're afraid that whatever little skeleton they had, whatever little scandal they could possibly have, is going to be magnified and amplified, and their children are never going to live the end of it. They're never going to hear the end of it. Simple as that. That's why decent people do not run for politics. So all you have running for politics, unfortunately, are people who have nothing else to do with their lives, scumbags, losers, failed business people. This is what's running for politics today. Is that good for a country? Absolutely not. It's absolutely not good for a country. You know, it used to be, it used to be prestigious. And a lot of things that were prestigious are no longer prestigious. So it used to be prestigious to be the, the president of a synagogue. If you go back two generations or three generations ago, they talked. They said, you know, uh, the president of a synagogue, ooh, they got up when the president walked in. He was an esteemed member of the Jewish community. People looked up to the president. I want to be like him. Same thing with the president of the United States. It used to be an esteemed position. A member of Congress, a member of uh, the Senate, this was, this was esteemed. This was unbelievable. If you got there, you, you, you made it. This was you. It's not the way it is anymore. The Prime Minister of Canada, whoa. It's not like that anymore. Social media has killed all the, uh, all the prestige that go into these positions. Social media has destroyed any semblance of respect anybody has for anything. It's totally disappeared. Take a look at the way children talk to parents today. Take a look at the way the family structure is. Take a look at the way people talk to politicians, people talk to doctors, people talk to, talk to anybody. Take a look at the lack of respect we have in the world today, and you will understand clearly that social media has destroyed the moral fabric of our world. Now, is there a way to regain that moral fabric? Is there a way to turn this trend around? Of course there is, but it has to be bought in by everybody. Everybody has to buy into it. If people don't buy into it, then we will continue living in the gutters of society. We'll continue trudging the bottom of the, uh, of the barrel. I'd rather be the cream on the top of the barrel than the scum on the bottom of the barrel. That's, that's just the way I look at life. But unfortunately, we're living in a world where the scum of the earth are running the show and all the normal people are, 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 are kind of bowing to the scum. That's the kind of world we live in today. Is it, is, it, is it good for society to live like this? Of course not. Is it good for our children to live like this? Of course not. Is it good for the future of the world? No. No. If you, um, if you want to see how the world could possibly turn out if the trajectory keeps going and we keep getting lower and lower. I, I urge you to, to stream the movie or, or find the movie Idiocracy. Now, I don't normally push movies on my show. I don't normally tell people to watch movies. But that movie really highlights where society is headed. It really highlights where the end goal is going to be, where we're going to end up at the, the end game. It's scary. It's really scary. The movie was made as a farce. It's, it's, it's a comedy. But it's really scary to think that a guy like George Santos could lie and cheat his way into Congress. It's really scary to think that a guy like Donald Trump, who everybody hated before he became president and hated after he became president, became president. It, it, it's, it's scary to think that this is, this is where we're at and this is where society has gone to.
It's really scary that the only two options for president were Donald Trump and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. It's, this is the cream of the crop. This is what America has to offer. And Canada's not any better. Look, the, uh, the, the main parties in Canada really have nobody to offer either. What, Justin Trudeau's the best that Canada could do? Really? Really, if that's the best that Canada could do, then we're in serious trouble. If this, if this corrupt dictator of Canada is the best that Canada could do, then Canadians are in serious, serious trouble. And that's the honest truth. He's a corrupt dictator. He's a corrupt dictator who likes to oppress his people. Take a look what he did with the truckers' convoy. Take a look at what happens when he has any scandal and there's an investigation or a commission that, that, that forms to investigate scandals that, that he's involved in. Watch as he shuts them down or he prologues parliament. It's what happens. It's what continuously happens. It's continued to happen. It's happened over and over and over again. And we've sat, we've allowed it to happen. We've sat and we've ignored it. We've sat and we've re-elected the scumbags. And we keep re-electing the scumbags. We've got to stop doing that as a people. We really got to stop doing that as a people. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You can feel free to join me in conversation. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, feel free to call in. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. Email address is howie at truetalkradio.com. And, uh, and of course, um, we're, we're, on, we're, we're going to try to be on every night. We're, we're going to try. No guarantees, but we'll try to be on every night. This is the goal. Uh, to be on every night and to talk about stuff that interests you and me every single night of the week at 9 p.m. That's that's my goal. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens. It may or may not. Tomorrow night, we will be on at 9 p.m. And then we will be on again at midnight. That's right. Two shows tomorrow. That is uh, Political Hitman will be on at midnight. It airs right here on the True Talk Radio Network. It also airs on Israel News Talk Radio. Uh, that's right. I'm on two different stations. We simulcast on two stations uh, on on uh, Tuesday nights, Wednesday morning. Actually, it's midnight and Wednesday. Uh, we 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 simulcast on two stations. It is an exciting show, and I hope that you will take the time and you will come and join us. All right. So I'm going to go now. Uh, I, I, I thank you for for tuning in. I, I appreciate you coming to listen, and um, I will see you again tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate everybody who, uh, who, who, who takes their time to listen and watch the show. I really do. Thank you so much. See you again tomorrow right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. <laughs>